bum, 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 bum. Video vampires. Wachowska. And Mickey. All right. It's been I a while. Seen, I know. It's been a while. I've watched some stuff. I've, like, gone to the theaters and seen some things. Um, AMC is bigger on here. So I know it's funny Ugh. that they just announced their new seating um, pricing system, which feels what? fucked up. You didn't hear about this? So now, like, no. the good seats, the seats in the middle um, are going to cost more than, like, seats in the front, obviously. But I, I guess it depends on their pricing system. Like, are these going to be discounted seats rather than, like, a high-end price to see a movie where you want to? But, like, I'm an early buyer. Like, I always get the mm-hmm. seats I want to get because I will buy tickets way in advance for for that purpose of mm-hmm. my own comfort. But I don't know. I mean, Cine Family, you could buy the couches for more money. So... Yes, but but you you know I don't know if you remember this or not, but there was multiple times where we sat in those couches without paying for them. We just yeah, that's true. sat in them. I, if they so... weren't taken, we could just sit in them and no one would say anything to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have gone and seen some stuff. So I did see Infinity Pool. Did you see it yet? Uh, not yet. Okay, it's really? Like only movies. I, it's one of the only movies I actually want to see right now. Um, I was a big so. fan of Possessor. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it's kind of like a pop version of it, which I, I really like, or a pop version of a horror movie. Um, <clears throat> I really liked it. I mm-hmm. like uh, that Skarsgård. I can't remember which one he is, but he played Eric Northman <laughs> on True Blood. That's the one I don't like, but. Really? I like him. He was in, um, he's in like the Lars von Trier, Melancholia. I think he was in another yeah. one, wasn't he? Um, wasn't but... he the one who was in that show with Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon and all that? Oh shit yes, and, like, and yeah. he he kind of does everything. He's in an episode of Atlanta, which I think is really funny. Um, I just kind of think he's just doing whatever he wants, which I can really appreciate. Like whether or not he's good or bad as an actor, <laughs> I'm just kind of like he's just doing everything. That's great. Good for him. Um, I like his brother. Oh yeah, I can I have some I have trouble remembering all the white people in his family, but there's a lot of them. I know Stellan, obviously. Yeah, his dad's great. I yeah. mean, but I mean like I like his brother. I think his brother Oh, his brother's is, Pennywise. That's right. It yeah, took yeah, me yeah. a second to remember who his brother was. I do too. I, I guess I'm a fan of the family. Handsome yeah. but terrifying family. Um they're, they're they're a good tree. It's it's great. It's really creepy. Uh it's kind of funny. It's like <laughs> One of those Black Mirror episodes, but they're using like cloning as a punishment tool to watch yourself die, but then people get off on it. Uh, it's really fucking great. <laughs> I would say go see it in the movie theater. It's it's definitely worth seeing. And then um, another movie that I saw in the theater. Did I talk about Megan yet? No. Okay. Have you seen it? This is like you're gonna be disappointed. Style. I haven't seen anything in the theater in weeks. Oh my god. Months. Okay. It's like an. It's a. Again, it's a a little girl's version of Chucky, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You get this doll. Yeah. It's supposed to, like, love you, take care of you, and, like, uh, be but this it thing, and it's, like, far. alive. But instead of being possessed, it's a robot, a creepy robot murdering doll, child. Um, It's mm. gory. It's kind of funny. I liked okay. it. It's PG-13, so it wasn't too gory, but there are parts where you're like, oh, my God. Uh. No, it's totally, totally fun. I would say a really fun horror movie. Great, no, but it's fun if you want to like. Yeah, I have nothing against it. I just haven't. There's a few movies that like I've wanted to see, and like again, like AMC, I gave up my pass. So like going to movies for free or 
Oh, okay. Or, you know, whatever. I just haven't been doing it. And like I said, I've been going, I'm going to try to go to the Alamo soon, but like, because I want to see Infinity Pool and there's more other movie I want to see, which I don't even think is playing in theaters anymore. It's just on Shutter, but um, I'll get to that. Well, I, and the rest of the stuff I saw on streaming. So like I watched uh, Pale Blue Eyes, which I thought was super boring. Really didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. I was just like waiting for it to get good. And they have great actors in it. I just like wasn't into it. I did not care. It's like Edgar Allan Poe is a detective, like in the army. I don't know. I just. Yeah, it didn't look, I didn't, I didn't look like anything I'd be interested in. The, the ending was not reward enough for watching the movie. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, and it's by this dude, Scott Cooper, who did Hostels, which I really liked, and Crazy Heart, which I really liked. I was just really disappointed in this. Um, and then I also watched House of Darkness on Hulu with, like, Kate Bosworth and um, what's his name? That guy. I can't remember his name right now. It will come to me. Um, he was in Jeepers Creepers. What's his name? Justin Long. Yes, Justin Long. Thank you. Uh, it was terrible. I wanted it to be so much better. It's just like them having like witty banter back and forth, but like you could tell they're like vampires, like or waiting to devour him. I don't know, but it was just that the entire movie. And listen, like I like a good dialogue, but it was just like really boring and uneventful. Um and so I thought it sucked. And this dude did the uh <laughs> the Wicker Man remake. And uh Neil Yeah. He he the mm. Nicolas Cage one and he did I oh, never I, know, yeah. I never I kind of love this movie. Um you know, it's my guilty pleasure, but Nurse Betty with Fortnite Soulwicker. Have you ever seen it? No, but I've seen other movies that he's done that are really brutal. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Like brutal. Like, like in the company of men. No, no, no. Brutal is in like. I was like, really, I love like, Nurse Betty. Com- it's just a terrible romantic comedy. In the company of men and your friends and neighbors, they're both great movies, but they're just like so like you will hate humanity afterwards. You know, so that's what I mean when I say brutal. I mean, they're just like they're really just like just dark and nihilistic and just depressing, just like character studies. Um, and they're funny too. Like they're both, they're both like, they're both really funny, but they're just really dark and like, uh, yeah, I don't know. You, that's interesting. If you haven't seen your friends and neighbors. That's one. That was my favorite of his movies. I don't think I also. have. I will though. Um, because I love nurse buddy. Uh, I also saw the, uh, movie sick recently. That's on Peacock. Everyone told me to watch it. Um, it's like this kind of modern slasher. They use COVID as like the main thing. You know, these two girls are going out to the family cabin in the woods, this like beautiful cabin. And um, but it has like they're going to to Sarah, like get rid of <clears throat> or go um, wait out the COVID <laughs> alone. But they're not alone. Are they? Oh. Uh, type of thing. So, yeah, it's it was really good. It was like a fun slasher with like kind of a modern funny but there's no like there's no which way the movie goes you know it's like not for or sure. against anything it kind of just makes fun of everything itself um i really liked it i would definitely watch it again and then uh See, when you said slasher with covid i was like in my head because I, I didn't hear about this movie i thought they were like going to give people covid and they were just going around and i thought that was like well what, that's I mean, a fucking that idea that no one's the done basis. yet like these people are being oh. hunted because they think they're the ones that gave their you know family member covid it's actually it's pretty clever 
Um, okay. And then I was on an Altman kick, so I watched Three Women on the Criterion. Oh, I've never fuck. seen it before. Sissy Spacek and I almost watched. Yeah, uh, I almost watched Shelley. that the other night. Yeah, it's 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 great. Like it's one of those movies that I was like, God, I wish I saw this like earlier in my life. It's like, uh, what's her name, Shelley Duvall? Yeah, is and Sissy like Spacek. so great in it. Yeah, Sissy Spacek is so annoying. Like they're just really perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, that's pretty much all I've watched besides The Last of Us. Like everyone else in the world, but it's really good. Except for me, but yeah, you haven't seen it. It's very no, creepy. I, I never played the game, so I I have no opinion on like how true the storyline is compared to like the original game writing. But like Pedro Pascal is just so likable. <laughs> My wife's watching it, and she's like, I mean, like every episode, well, almost every episode, she's been like bawling her eyes out. And the thing is, that's one of the reasons why. Like, I remember when the oh, game came out; I never played so the good. game either. But everybody was like, "We're all talking about games." That, like, you know, I had this really dorky conversation one night with some people. We were talking about like games that have actually made us like get emotional. Yeah. And the one that everybody was like, "Oh man, you got to play Last of Us." That one, and I was like, "Really?" And then, and so when the show came out, I was like, "Ah." Oh, great so now i know it's gonna be a show which is gonna be super depressing every episode so <laughs> i'm gonna watch it but i'm not like in the mood um but uh the one but my wife's so really I, I think the big deal episode because everyone keeps talking about nick offerman it was like great yeah. but it wasn't depressing it was like more of kind of like the nicer probably way the series is gonna go i mean it is like these mushroom um like spory zombies um which is very creepy yeah. but it was kind of nice i i don't know i i really liked I it very um i guess you could say surprising in a series like that mm-hmm. you should yeah, watch no, it I, i've heard yeah i mean like i like i said I, I i do it's not something i'm like i'm not ignoring it because everybody's watching it i'm more of like you know what it's gonna be one of those shows that i guarantee when it's like when it's all loaded up the first season i'll probably just tear right through it um but like the idea of like you know being depressed and then having like oh I have to wait a whole it's like Game of Thrones where it was like <laughs> I feel like I was in an abusive relationship where it was like you know oh I keep getting pushed down the stairs but I'm gonna be back next week and it's like I just don't know if I want to to do that I'd rather just do it all at once you know yeah um but uh <laughs> I um I I it I as far as stuff that I watch it's funny because I was on a sissy SpaceX like I wanted to watch. There was a night where I was like, it's either Badlands or Three Women, which is it going to be? And I ended up going with Badlands. Really? That's funny. Um, New Bev is playing it, too. And I was like, dang, what I would like give to be back in L.A. to go see that in New Beverly. Yeah, I mean, we, I just I have a criterion and everything, but I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, let's watch this. But um, we finished Stranger Things season four oh, uh, earlier in the month. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like. Wait, is that the newest I one? liked. Yeah, yeah it was okay. it was the one. Yeah. And I liked half of it. And what I mean by like half of it, uh. it's not like I liked. It's not like I liked the first half of the season or the second half of the season more. It's like I there was, there was a lot of stuff in those episodes where I was like, we could cut to the fucking chase so much quicker. That's what I mean when I say like, you know, it's like they really padded some episodes, you know. And mm-hmm. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? We're gonna be, we're not resolving, we're not tying this up now. Like, come on, like, and it just happened so many times. That being said, I mean, there was a lot. I will always say the kids in that fucking show, I don't. I've seen a few of them in other stuff and I haven't really been a fan of that, but them as a, as a unit in this show, I really like, Yeah. like when, like, whenever, like, like I remember in the first season when one of the characters quote unquote died, even though like 
yeah, as the audience, we know that can't possibly be true. Like we're, you know, we're smart enough to be like, no, he's not going to be dead. He's they're gonna they're gonna bring him back, or they're gonna we're gonna find a way to have him show up again. We was talking about the character Will. Oh like, yeah. There's this great montage sequence where all the kids are reacting to their like to thinking that their friend is dead, and it broke my heart. And I was like, this this is what they're good at. It's like when they when they react when they when they're reacting to stuff that's going on around them like uh i don't want to give anything away but there is a you know there is a kind of a sad moment in like the last the last episode actually really as far as long episodes go was one that i actually really enjoyed where it's like kind of showing like this is what's happening afterwards you know Mm -hmm. and there was a great episode with like uh the character dustin and this older character where he's trying to explain to him about like this other character that's no longer in the show and and it was just really like this great moment and i was like that's what these kids are really good at is like making me get invested in like you know their world around them i just felt like it was just too long like it was just like there was so much there was really? that, that season could have been condensed yeah like the i liked how they tied in like you know nancy and the other people like other kids going on like this investigation and the flashbacks of 11 and how they all kind of like came to a head and paralleled but the whole like road trip to from california to (laughs) to, i was like i'm over this i was over that and like the whole russia thing i was just like we could i liked parts of it but that scene though in the house when like the cops like everyone's getting blown away i was like oh shit i liked that scene at least but you're right. It's, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying that, like, but the, but there's those storylines that were going on throughout that season yeah. could have been could have been like we could have condensed those to like two episodes as opposed to like we're at seven ep- six or seven episodes, and I'm like, are we still gonna be in fucking Russia? Like, oh my god, <laughs> like that's my problem. You know, it was just like it was so fucking heavily padded. It drove me nuts. That being said, I did like it. I did. It's funny because everybody's like, oh, it's you're gonna love it. It's very Nightmare on Elm Street. Aside from Robert England being in there and a few like one or two things, it really was its own thing. It reminded me oh, more it, of like um, yeah. Dracula, to be honest. You know, like that's what it, that's where I really got uh, reminded of. But we watched Stranger Things season four, um, and then we also watched we we finished it last night. Kunk on Earth, which uh, I, I don't know. Started if you've seen. it, but I I think she's really funny. But there's only so much I can take of it, and so I had to stop watching it. Oh, I, I mean, I loved it. Like, the episodes were so short and sweet that, like, I just was like, all right, great. You know, we, yeah. we burned through those. Um, and then movies-wise, uh, you know, I watched Badlands. Um, right around the time this time of year, I start to plan for my March marathon, my birthday marathon. So I'll, mm-hmm. like – but there was one night, and this is kind of advice to people who kind of do the same thing where they invite a bunch of people over. And there was one marathon, you were there, where I showed this Japanese film that I'd never seen before. Oh and, yeah. Okay, I yeah, remember and it. And it was like this like post-apocalyptic Japanese punk rock night or 1982 movie or whatever. It was called Burst City. It's a great movie, but there is a fucking pretty rough rape scene in it where like everybody in the, my living room <laughs> did the slow head turn at me and I'm like I'm literally crawling myself and it's not like again like I I can watch movies like this and not whatever but when you're when you're kind of throwing it on people and they don't know it's coming and when you don't i didn't know it was coming either so i was just like i felt so guilty (laughs) so now like i usually do like kind of like i still like to throw in movies that i haven't seen but i'll try to like you know be careful about it and there was one that i was like i don't know if this is going to be like a questionable thing and i don't want to make people watch something or 
I don't want to take people off guard. It's just that that takes the fun out of like watching B movies with people. So I I, I watched this movie called Satan's Cheerleaders. Oh which is, yeah, it sounds familiar. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. It's um, it start, actually starts off as a kind of like this weird seventies like football or you know high school sex comedy like almost like porkies but like in 1977 i think and then it takes a weird sharp turn into like a horror film and um and it's i really enjoyed it there was a scene that is not on on camera so i was like oh maybe i can get away with this but then later on it becomes like a major plot point even though you don't see anything it's like they keep they talk about it a few times so i was like i'm not gonna i just can't do it i can't so i scratched it off the list but i watched it i mean i own it so it's like you know i can whatever but um and then i watched a movie called i wanted to see this movie for a long time called tag the assassination game oh and it's a. Uh, it was directed by Nick Castle, who played Michael Myers in the first Halloween. He directed Last Starfighter. It was his, I think it was his first movie. It's a film noir slash comedy starring Robert Carradine, who's like the main nerd in Revenge of the Nerds films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, son of, of uh, John <laughs> Carradine. Yeah. And, um, and brother of David. and, and um, All the Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Keith, brother of Keith, David and Keith, yeah. But um, he, it's it's also got Linda Hamilton, and this was like an '82, oh, so this okay. is like her first movie. Yeah. And it's got Bruce Abbott from Reanimator, and it's basically like a, a movie about that game that was playing, people were playing on college campuses. I think they still kind of do it, but probably they've probably changed it up a bit. Where like they would go around shoot, they would you would get like an assignment to assassinate this classmate and you would you would carry around like a gun with like a dark gun with like a you know whatever and you would assassinate whatever and of course as something like this happens in a movie one person starts using a real gun and you know it's a it's a like i said it's a film noir slash comedy uh i loved it i was gonna say Uh, unfortunately funny it sounds cool it was fun it's a fun movie the only only problem is is that the only way i could find it is on youtube and it was a v it was somebody ripped a vhs copy and it wasn't the best vhs copy so there's definitely parts in that movie where i'm like it is so fucking dark like Mm -hmm. you can barely see like um like they'll be outside at night and you're like i don't know what the fuck's going on but um i watched that i watched the strange world of jose marica marines who is uh coffin joe oh yeah did one of his I, movies. I was gonna say i found that dvd i almost watched it the other day and i was like oh these are mickey's <laughs> i'm sorry oh, they're yours now I because i know i already okay. got, <laughs> no they're yours they're yours but there's a documentary that came out in 2001 about him oh um, cool. that's not on dvd anywhere and it's on it's like a, you can find it on youtube and i'd always want to watch it and it's fucking crazy like um because you know he was this big in horror he had created this like you know kind of a boogeyman for brazil but in brazil he was like towards the later part of his career he was kind of treated as a joke you know was he was in 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 america he started getting recognized in europe people were like you know recognizing him but like in brazil people just kind of like ah whoever and he ended up like it's pretty fucking crazy he ended up directing porn in the in the 80s um yeah but you gotta watch it because when you find out what type of porn you're i'm talking about you're like oh my god you know um it's wild and then I watched a movie called Night of the Devils, which is this Italian horror film that was based on the same um, – God, I'm, I'm trying to – which Russian author did this? I think it was Gogol who did a story called The Wordalak. Uh-huh. Um, and it was it – was it's a vampire story, 
but it was the also the second part of Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, the Mario Bava uh, film, is three yes. stories. Uh-huh. So it's the second one with Boris Karloff. So this movie is based on the same story, but it's a feature version of that story. And I, I really enjoyed it. I definitely recommend checking it out Night of the Devils. Um, and then I watched, um, I rewatched Beyond the Black Rainbow, the Panos Cosmatos oh, film, because. I love that movie. I was and thinking then, about that um, too because it's been a while since I've seen it. And I was like, maybe I'll take some shrooms and watch it. Um, but his, even his episode uh, of Cabinet of Curiosities is really great. I think that dude's oh, really? like a... Yeah, okay. have you seen it yet? No, I, it's on my list. Yeah. It's definitely... Um, he, he's such a great director. I I always liked seeing him at panels because he just like shows up in a hoodie and like... <laughs> It's just like, and he's like super nervous and like shy and and seems really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Um, he's a treat, man. Yeah, I, I I really, I mean, and I, I loved Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is why I was like, I broke my back to go see Mandy in the theater because I was such a fan of that first movie, and and you know I love Mandy so. Um, I watched the third. uh, We saw it at the premiere, hmm? right? And I remember because I remember those pages. You went to the one. You went. A few hours before I oh, did. Okay. So you you went to the premiere and then like that because there was such a demand that night, they, they had opened up tickets for a, another showing right afterwards. And like I didn't get until mine later because your showing ran late because of the opening Q and A, which I think had Nicolas Cage there. Yeah, I was just there when it was um when it was Panos Cosmatos and Linus Roach. They I guess Nicolas Cage had left. Oh yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah. Smith but then afterwards, Nicolas Cage had left. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because Kevin Smith mm-hmm. did a QA and a he led it, and I remember being mad at Kevin Smith because I thought he Yeah, and Kevin Smith didn't do the one that I was at, right. Okay, like, that's Kevin funny. Because left as well. Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, but <laughs> fantastic. I, I love that movie, and it gets better every time I watch it. And then there's a series of documentaries, or there's been two before this that I, I've, I own. I was part of the crowdfunding for it, but it was called In Search of Darkness. And the third one, which I did not do a crowd, I didn't join the crowdfunding for, that's on Shudder. They're basically like four or five hour documentaries about 80s movie horror films. And so I watched the third one, and I'm kind of pissed that I didn't get involved in that one because when they were when they were announcing it, it sounded like, it sounded like they were just going to do a documentary on just the direct-to-video boom of the 80s, which I like those movies, but I don't want to see an entire four or five hour documentary. It wasn't that. It was actually, they covered a lot of movies that I was like, ah, I I love this movie. Like they talked about Trick or Treat. They talked about a lot of stuff that we've actually done this podcast. So it was really cool. It's just, so if you got four or five hours of your life, pop it on. It's on Shudder. And then um, I watched, my wife and I have been watching the Thin Man movies, which uh, are these film noir comedies from the 30s and 40s. Um, Basically just a drunk detective and his wife having these like crazy misadventures and they're a lot of fun i never watched them before and we watched that and then last but not least we watched a movie the other night called the late show which was from the 70s it had lily tomlin and art Con- art carney and art carney plays like this aging detective who um basically takes on this case with and lily tomlin is the client she's like this kind of like new agey 70s like you know batshit crazy woman and like they're it kind of like a unlikely duo and they like they solve this this mystery together and uh i I honestly it was a great movie and i think if you're since you were talking about altman one of my favorite altman films is a movie called the long goodbye yeah it's a adaptation of Criterion. yeah right so the late show and the long goodbye are almost perfect uh companions because like they're both dealing with 
old school guys who are trying to like navigate the weird like LA the 70s and they're they're very similar. Um I I prefer uh long goodbye more i just there's something about i think because when elliot gould is for in the very beginning of the movie when he's like buying food for his cat and like you know he's mumbling to himself and he's like smoking cigarettes that's how i imagined my life when i first moved to la like that's <laughs> I what i thought that. my life yeah. was, that i think that's what i thought my life was going to be like you know when i first moved out here and then of course it wasn't but it's like i was like when i would fantasize about moving out here and whatever i was like oh that's what i was fantasizing about was elliot gould in this movie so um <clears throat> I, I, it's got a special place in my heart, but that's that's honestly all I watch. And then, you know, I watched the movie that we are going to talk about, which I had seen before, but not I'd oh, forgotten really? how much I didn't remember when I finally saw it, when I watched it again. I was like, oh, I really wasn't paying attention the first time I saw it ten years ago. I will uh, say on YouTube, I don't. So I wouldn't consider this a horror movie. Now seeing it, it is labeled as yeah. a horror uh, fantasy, but it's it's I mostly agree. fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are like some really creepy elements to it, but it does go along with our like creepy kids and also our like dreamscape horror movies that we've yeah. done before. But do you want to give the synopsis? Yeah. So we watched um, Paper House, uh, directed by Bernard Rose, right. who also directed Candyman. And um, it's a basically about this girl, little girl in England, who um, kind of like. Also, so did you read the trivia? Because it said that this little girl, uh, I guess they changed the location or where where it was where she was supposed to be from. So she had an American accent, and it said they redubbed her entire lines. In it was in- the mother. Oh, it was the mother. It was the mother who had the American. Yeah, she was Glenn Headley. Opus, and it took me forever to figure out where I knew her from. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, "What the fuck? She's playing a British woman," you know. Like, because I was like, yeah. and then I was like, looking her up. I was like, "I was like, am I have, have I always been wrong?" And she's just been uh, playing American, and What's she's American. Name, but Glenn Headley. Glenn. Oh, her she name's passed Glenn. away. Um, oh yeah, uh, I saw that. She, a few years ago. That's sad because I I did. She has like one of these like very soft voices, even though it was yeah. like used to bug the shit out of the child in this movie. Yeah. So you know, this <laughs> child is. Um, I want to say she's kind of like a little, she's very feisty, very spunky, but she, um, she ends up getting sick and she finds that whenever she draws this house, um, she dreams, like she'll draw this house and she dreams about it. And then she meets this boy in the house and they kind of become friends and, um, he's really sick and she's trying to help him. So she's constantly trying to draw things to like, you know, make him feel better or trying to draw things. And then she'll go into the dream and they'll hang out. And then at one point she tries to uh, figure out a way to get him out of the house, you know, and she makes the mistake and draws like her father, who she kind of has this weird relationship with where like you get a sense that like she loves her dad, but he, you know, there's clearly problems between the dad and the mom. He's estranged. He's like, he's overseas or whatever. Yeah. And like, and so when she draws him into this story, he, or this picture, um, she also fucks up and makes him angry and crosses, tries crossing out his eyes. So he shows up in this, in this dream world as this eyeless monster. That's like trying to like hurt her um, and him. But yes, it's- it is very much. A fantasy more than a horror. Yeah, it's like a little girl's fever dream, um, mm-hmm. but like continuously fever dream. Like, and so I felt like this might have been better as a Twilight Zone episode or something um, instead of a mm-hmm. full length movie. But I think also that children annoy me. 
Right. So I'm just like, and there was a lot of screaming. Like the mom is always like, Anna, 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 don't do that. Yeah. And like this little girl's like running around going through the trash hysterical. I'm like, get, get that kid up to bed, you know? But it was, it, the dream um, scape, the, mm-hmm. the scenes from her fever dream and the little boy were like really cool looking, oh. which is like really crazy because as much as I didn't like it, I did really like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the imagery in that movie is is unbelievable. I think it's it's fucking fantastic. It's actually based on a book uh, by a woman named Catherine Starr or Store called Marianne Dreams. It was from 1958, yeah, and they changed the girl the novel. name. <laughs> right, it's more like a fantasy. They changed the girl from, name from Marianne to Anna, but it was also made into a uh, the the same book was made into a movie called a uh, BBC broad, or a British broadcast in 1972 called Escape into Night, which instead of having the dad being like, they, they made some changes to the story, obviously, but instead of having the dad, it was like these weird rocks with eyes that were constantly like, they were surround, they were near, like kind of in the distance of the house and getting closer and closer and closer. Um, and that's what we see. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it yeah. So it, I've, and of course I've never seen that, but. It was cool to see how like, um, from a view of a child, especially like another sick child, like their whole view on the parents' relationship and being really stressed out and like hearing about other children, you know, that might be worse off than them or her. It was it was really yeah. interesting. And like even the dream um, things, especially what you think about and then what you incorporate into your dreams and like lucid dreaming, it was just, it was really cool. I felt like it was also really strange at some points, like especially at the very end when she's like, yeah, it gets conscious, but like dark. still in this dream. Yeah. It's like very strange. And like, that's where I think it tinges on her is like, especially with the relationship with her father is really weird. Like you get this really weird vibe from her dream. Yeah. And, and the scene with her dad, when like her dad's in the dream and he's like the monster and like that, like that is legitimately like, oh, this is a horror film, you know, like, yeah. it's like, you know, he's like, they're in this the, the dark house, they're hiding, he's walking down the stairs, you don't even get this, you haven't seen his like face yet. Um, and then, of course, when you do see his face, you realize that it's not that he's blind as much as that he's got scratch marks across the top of his face because when she was <laughs> he's like, drawing you took the picture, my she, eyes she's... and you're like, ah! yeah. Especially if you have a child, there's like a, a, you know, he's like hurting her in her dream. And it's like kind of uh terrible because like it lasts forever. And you're like, she's just a little girl, you know, even if she is a little brat. Yeah. Um, And like, I was going to say like, you know, and I, I, this is purely coincidental. I'm not, by no means do I feel like one influenced the other or anything like that. But like, I did find a lot of parallels in Nightmare on Elm Street in this where it's like, you know the the dreams being a big part of it. The um the house like a house figure is in Nightmare on Elm Street. A house figure is in this. You know, and then you've got you know the bat. I mean, there's literally a scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where Nancy's taking and she's in her bathtub and she falls asleep and she hasn't. And same thing happens mm-hmm. in this movie. And it's like there was just interesting parallels where I was like, you know, like I said, in my opinion, it's completely coincidental. I don't think Wes Craven ever read the book it's based on. Nor do I think Bernard Rose was like, oh, let's throw this in this movie because of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. It's just That's, weird. It's yeah. just, it's strangely, yeah, it, there's a strange coincidence. And and the, I thought the cast was great. Like, the little girl, the one person whose name I didn't write down, she oh, never yeah. acted again. I kind of love she that. Never, um, that she yeah, was you just do. like, I don't need this experience ever again. I liked it. It was fine. And now I will just do whatever I want. 
apparently she reached out to she called she talked to bernard rose and she had said and this is like i guess she reached out to him not a little while ago or a few quite a few years ago and said that she'd rewatch it and she was just really happy and then i guess he said that she never wanted to act again because she was like i i, I think i i got it right this time i don't need to do it you know like you were saying like i don't need to do it again it's like good for her um but glenn headley who plays the mom with the weird british accent that was dubbed in afterwards i mean it's her voice but you know she was in dick tracy dirt and roddy dirt and Mr. dirty Holland's rotten opus. scoundrels God. <laughs> mitch holland's yeah, opus yeah and then Gemma jones who plays the nurse that like she kind of befriends who's also how we find out that the the boy that she's dreaming about is actually a real person because they have this shared connection with this nurse the nurse i was like god she's fucking familiar she was in Ken Russell's The Devils. Oh, interesting. She's been other That's stuff too, but I'm just trying to think yeah. of like what ties into you know. So she was in she was in The Devils. Well, she played the woman that he falls in love with. I was gonna say also what kind of makes this scary is the score, which is really surprisingly done by Hans Zimmer. Um, yes, and I, I think the score is probably the best part of the really whole movie. Is. It really, it's like ridiculous at some points because it's like oh family and then it's like really menacing at some points where you like feel Uh it's more eerie than it's supposed to be which is great but I guess you know there's a piece that Stephen Myers was the original composer and they just didn't think his score was edgy enough and apparently Hans Zimmer was uh, his assistant or working with him and he was like oh I got it and then you know he's done everything else in Hollywood that has ever existed for sure um, and I would, I mean, that's a soundtrack that I wrote it down. I was like, I would own this in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's really, it it's really good. And it, it definitely elevates the moods and the tones in the movie, especially in, in the dreamland and when it gets like um, suspicious and, and scary. And it's funny because the, the dad, you know, he, in the dream, he's a, he's a, he's a monster, but in, in when she's awake, he's not, you can just tell if there's clearly problems, but the dad was played by Ben Cross who I remember as a kid because he was, they did a, in 1991, I want to say, they did a reboot of, on TV of Dark Shadows, which was my mom's favorite show when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And so her and her friends would gather, like, kind of like, I realized kind of like how we would now with shows we watch, you know, gather around with some friends to, to watch this reboot of Dark Shadows. And I remember I would t- have to go along because, you know, I was a little <laughs> kid. And he played the the lead character. He played the vampire. And I remember just, again, this is an era where I was afraid of everything. So it really freaked me out. He was also in a horror film called The Unholy, which I never watched. But the trailer for it freaked me out every time, which because it was in the beginning of my Monster Squad video. Mm-hmm. So I saw that. And then I think people would recognize him now because he plays Spock's dad in the new Star Trek reboot. The JJ oh, Abrams yeah. Franchise. Okay. Funny. Yeah. So uh, it was just really funny because I was like, oh, man, he really freaked me out when I was a kid. Um, so it's just funny that he, he a, had this moment. That scene in the in the movie where he's a regular, he's the regular dad. And he's like, so your mom told me that, like, you've been having some weird dreams about me. Like, do you want to go to the doctor about it? <laughs> like, yeah. it was such a practical line that, like, it really made me laugh. I was like, <laughs> what okay yes i mean that's probably appropriate right that like you should want her to go to the doctor like what's yeah. up kid you have these like weird nightmares about me like go to the shrink um but well, I, I thought I it think... was really funny because it was like such a practical line in this fantasy movie <laughs> yeah and i mean i think one of the things that makes this movie work like and and it would fall apart if it did if it deviated from it is that this whole movie is really from the little girl's perspective mm-hmm. yeah 
So we really get to, I mean, we're seeing all these adult, these grownups and how they are and how they be like, you were saying how like the mom is like grating on the nerves because she's constantly yelling, but that's how the kid sees the mom, you know? And then the father who she's happy to see, but she's also been having these fucking nightmares about there's that weird, like complicated relationship with her father who she loves, but she's also freaked out by, you know? And like, um, you know, the nurse who, like, she confides to be like, all right, you're not going to believe me. And please don't tell anybody. But, you know, my, you know, I've been dreaming about this, this patient you've had. And then the nurse goes off and tells the dad who kind of drops a kind of a big spoiler on the girl. And you're just like, whoa, dad, you know, and then he's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, fuck off, dad, you know, but yeah. like, you know, like there's there, it's all from her perspective, which I really think is what makes this movie strong, you know, and like, um, kind of like how in Candyman, we never really deviate from the perspective of Virginia Madsen's character. Like the whole story is seen through her eyes as opposed to just kind of like, we're going to follow this character, we're going to follow this character, we're going to bounce around a bit. It's all, you know, he really has this thing of sticking to the, the main character and really just showing that world, how the person sees that world. And I, I that was a thread through line that I saw between this and Candyman, which is that like, Yes. He really he sticks to the main character, and we we completely get immersed in their point of view. We don't really care about anybody else's, and I really liked that. And I really like um, I really like that directing. And I, I you know you can definitely see shades of what he'll do in Candyman as far as the imagery goes. You know, there's just like I don't know. There's I also I really like a very even to Candyman. You know, part of like this dreamlike or this like parallel universe that like intercedes with this one like a fantasy universe which is very cool and very apparent in this as well um Mm -hmm. because you're you're like does she really know or is it just like these tiny little details that she's taking into her subconscious and she's like making this imagination up or this imagination boy up and so it's it's really good i mean as for all that it annoys me it is like really great um like yeah, I like I, I really there's like some parts that really annoy me that I'm like oh my god but some other things I'm like dang that's like really good that's like very creepy when she draws the legs you know for like the little boy because he can't move and so like yeah, in her brain I, and she has them and she's like they're just like standing there in her dream just like a pair of legs like mannequin like, legs yeah, yeah it's very creepy <laughs> yeah I, I yeah I, I definitely feel like this movie would have been a great gateway film for kids getting into like, you know, because again, it's not, you're right. It's, it's labeled as a horror slash fantasy. It definitely leans more into the fantasy, but when, like I said, when it gets scary, it, when it goes into the horror area, it gets, it goes in hard, you know, but also it goes in hard because like you realize like, this is her fucking, she's dreams. She's having this nightmare about her father. And that's when I was like, God, I wrote down like, well, this just got heavy, you know, like, (laughs) um, but uh, yeah, it's, I feel like this would have been a great movie to show a kid that you were like, oh, I'm getting into horror films, but I'm a little like, I don't want to go, you know, I want to st- stick my toe in the, the shallow end. Well, this is a great movie for that, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it And it gets you thinking a little bit, which I, I really like. So I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I, I had seen this years ago. Um, I probably watched like a ripped copy on YouTube at one point or something. And I just remember like, not really paying attention to it apparently because when I was watching it this time I was like whoa holy shit you know like I didn't maybe I just I'm appreciating it with older eyes but I don't know I, I yeah, enjoyed this is it the I was first glad time that we... I saw it it's on um 
you know, Amazon has these free packages, but um, if you watch it with commercials, so I watched it on there, but it's which it's a good yeah. I would advise trying to find like a copy of it that's uncut because the commercials. Oh my really... god! Like there has to be like it can't just be this algorithm commercial and like putting them in at timed intervals. It has to be like a person going through and being like, yeah, We're I, ruining I, I, this I'm not. <laughs> I have no problem with watching. Like I, I've been watching Tubi, I think is one of the great fucking things because like the the selection is just unbelievable, and I don't mind watching commercials. I don't. Um, I mean, for fuck's sakes, for these marathons that I do, for either for my birthday or Halloween or anything like that, I'm always watching old commercials anyway because I like to throw in like you know before the movies, I'll throw in like old nostalgic commercials and stuff like that. But in this case, it was like, oh my god, like I'm like so invested in this, what's happening, and you've completely thrown me out by like a fucking commercial for Papa John's or whatever bullshit was playing. Yeah, it's like, it's like this oh my scary god. scene, like her father, is yeah, like, dream father is trying to kill her, and then it like cuts to commercial, and you're like, what? Like, can we at least like get through this part of the scene? It's exactly. Terrible. Yeah, I um, I agree. There definitely needs to be an algorithm. I mean, not an algorithm, like an actual person, like. Yeah, you know. doing these cutscenes instead of like, <laughs> yeah. oh, insert you know commercial here. God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It, oh. You can see it for free essentially if you have Prime or if you have YouTube. Or, yeah. Um, but it's definitely yeah. worth checking out, especially if you want to see um, you know, the guy who did Candyman, his earlier work, and also Hans Zimmer, earlier work in film. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't recommend this enough. I I definitely. I, I, it made me want to go and search for that British broadcast, uh, Escape Into Night, because it, it's like, wow, like, I would love to see a different take on this as well, you know, like, maybe something a little bit more faithful to the book, who knows, I don't know, but I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that you uh, you chose this. Yeah, it's great, it's definitely worth a watch, so. So check it out, everybody. Thanks, guys. All right, check us out on Instagram, bye. Hey. The Fence. The Gate. The House. The Door. The Stairway. The Boy. The fine line drawn between the walls of reality and the edges of the imagination. Is anybody there? I have them dreams, Mom, but they're real. Shouldn't be here. I dream. I'm not drawing! Do you remember anything about the real world? This is the real world. I know Mark. I know him from my dreams. They've come for us. Oh. It's Dad! Don't let him in! It's only a drawing, Anna. Come on. yourself in the paper house. Is that it?